0: Hey everybody, how's it going? Y'all doing some ajikodajis? (laughs) You doing doing what you're doing? As always, um, I hope you're doing it the best you can with everything you've got all in. And uh, that's what it's all about. Except for sin, I don't care what you're doing. As long as it's not sin, be all in. That's what it's all about. Don't half-ass it. Give it everything you've got, and I promise you it'll all work out. Um, How's it going? What are you grateful for? How's life treating you? Um, What are you you fighting for right now? What's what's worth fighting for in your life? Um, Just doing an update. It's been, I don't know, maybe a month or so since the last one, and uh, it's about once a month I'm doing these now. I enjoy them. I used to do them once a week when I first started, like two and a half, almost three years ago, and um, now we're down to about once a month. I could do them once a week. I don't know, but then they'd be—I feel like they'd be fake. I don't want to be fake. I hate—I don't—I I hate being fake. I don't want to be fake, uh, and I can't stand when other people are fake. And so it doesn't make sense for me to be fake with y'all. Um, whenever you know, I'm hoping you're real with me. So. Yep, I'd rather do one a month and it be with my whole heart than one every week and it half assing. So, anyhow, I just do what you're doing, y'all. Just to check up. It all works out. That's kind of the theme of like this reflection today. I've just been thinking about that. It all works out. Um, I started a new hobby about a couple of weeks ago, a week ago or so knife making. I got a few of them right here with me right now. You can't see them because. You can't see with a microphone, but you can hear with a microphone. <laughs> so, I got these three different knives. There's a company in Oklahoma, uh, a knife making company that steals, that steals, sells steel. Jeez, that's a tongue twister. That sells steel and other sorts of metal for making knives and axes and stuff like that. Really cool. Just, um, really cool company. Just, you know, Americana kind of stuff. So, I got it um a few different pieces of metal to make some knives and it's really cool the first one I made was sort of like a military kind of knife just a metal frame with with a paracord that's that kind of you know just the the small diameter rope that they used a lot in the military and people make jewelry out of but so the handle is made out of that it's kind of cool I uh so that's that's the first one dude. the second two were like... My first kind of kind of real knives, you could say, that have wooden handles on them, and actually took a lot of time to make. To be honest with you, actually quite a bit of time. And there's two different ones. One is a it's called a Skinner, which is sort of like a, a miniature fillet knife, and you use it like when you're hunting for, you know, skinning your animals and stuff like that. And and uh, it's uh it's just good for yeah for field dressing, and for um quartering and, and taking care of uh you know animals that you may hunt or if you're a if you trap uh, if you run trap lines or things like that and you trap animals and you keep their hides this is perfect for it it's like a little miniature filet knife super sharp this is a cool knife it's really pretty so the of course the metal is metal it's just metal is beautiful and the uh, the handle i don't know what kind of wood it is but it's a really deep red it looks like cedar but it's a whole lot harder than cedar. And it's a lot more red than cedar. I sh- Actually, I'm going to look it up and figure out what it is eventually. But it's just a really cool knife. So as I was making it, this one was just right off the bat, definitely more pretty. It was so pretty from the beginning. And I knew it was going to be a cool knife. And, um, you know, I shared photos with some friends and family as I was going through it. And every com- everybody commented about this one, this, um, this Skinner. And it's, it is, honestly, a really beautiful knife. Um, I don't know if I'm going to keep this one or sell it. Um, I'll probably keep it because it's one of my f- first ones that I made. Um, but eventually I'd like to sell a few um, just because I like working on stuff and then, you know, l- just you know reaping the fruits of your labor, you know, and and sharing something that you've put your heart into, sharing it with other people and uh you know it's it's obviously not like a a, a game changer for me as like for money making or anything, maybe like ten bucks that I make off of it like it's like it's it's just basically paying for materials um but I just wanna share them with other people, but I'm too broke to just give them away <laughs> so uh may eventually sell some but this the skinner is really pretty and right off the bat like it catches my eye. And all the people that I've showed it to, it catches their eye. The second one, I don't know what you'd call this knife, but it's a real short and stubby knife. And the wood on it was just like um maybe, I don't know, ash or something or some, some sort of oak. I'm terrible with identifying woods like that. Um, The principal's husband, Stephen, he could look at any kind of wood and tell me what it is in a split second. So I'm going to show them to him and let him tell me what kind of woods they are because he's he's just really talented like that. Um. But the second one, I'll be honest, as I was putting the handles on it, it you know, if you put them on with epoxy and it takes time to set, I didn't like it. It looked really ugly. It was short and stubby and the wood wasn't real pretty. It was just blah, kind of like bland, vanilla, like, I do know, vanilla's good, but it was just like boring. <laughs> so anyhow, flash forward, or fast forward a couple of days, I'm finishing them up today. Today's my day off. Um, so I'm sanding them down and getting them all finished and polished and they, they turn out amazing. They look really good. This, the Skinner, especially this other one, I just still wasn't happy with it. I had a bunch of scratches on it. I made a bunch of dumb mistakes. Um, there was some gouges in the wood and it just didn't look right. And there was this open spot, like this big, big space of wood that looked kind of ugly and this hang with me, hang with me. This is going to make sense in a second. There's a big space of wood there that looked kind of just a big space. It was missing something. And I was contemplating on stamping the metal. I actually bought some some metal stamps that you use with like a big hammer and to put like initials or numbers or something into the metal. So I got those and I was just testing around a couple of ideas. Um, and I just tested one punch with the with a hammer and the the stamp on the metal. And I realized I'm gonna have to hit it really, really hard, harder than the kitchen table can handle, which is where I was working on them. And so I said, well, okay, I'm not going to do that. But what I was trying to do was use the stamps and the letters I and V and W to make an arrow in particular, a broken arrow. Um, which is kind of cool in itself a little side note on that so the arrow is for me it's something very special to me because i love archery but it's also very symbolic of the christian journey because the word for sin is missing the mark and the same word for missing the target or the word for missing the target in greek and hebrew is the same thing missing the mark um sin kata in chata is the word in hebrew That means to miss the mark for archery. It also means sin. Um, But when you miss the mark and you shoot again, I talked about this on a number of podcasts ago. When you miss the bullseye and you take another shot, you adjust, you learn from your mistake, and you shoot again, and you get closer to the bullseye. We learn through our sins, not because the sin is good, but because God's mercy is, helps us to understand it in a new way, why we did it and what we were looking for. So this aspect of an arrow or this, this image of an arrow is really powerful. Um, And just the the thing of a broken arrow is, um, you know, just I'm a broken human being, just like probably you are actually not probably you're, you're broken too. I'll tell you, in case you didn't know you are broken. (laughs) Sorry to ruin your day. Uh, (laughs) You're broken too. And, but we got to keep shooting. We got to keep going, keep trying, keep learning from our mistakes. So I was trying out these different images for a broken arrow. And I remembered that I had a wood burner, a little, a wood, uh, like a, a heat iron. So I plugged it in and I traced this little broken arrow on the handle of the, of the knife. And I burned a broken arrow on it and it looked so freaking cool. And then out of that, I just started kind of burning the edges and putting these burn strokes on it. These burn marks and bands and stuff like that. And it went from a knife that looked brand new, but ugly, like plain, to a knife that is like 50 years old and tells a story. And now, I think I really like this a lot more than the Skinner. A lot more than that other knife. Why? Because, although I fabricated it, of course, I did it over the course of a week. If I show it to somebody, it it tells a story. The other one is beautiful and perfect and pristine. Great. Congratulations. It looks good. People probably pay more for it, if I were to sell it, than the other one. But this second one tells a story. Like, if you look at it, your imagination would say... Wow if that knife could talk what would it what would it talk about? you know what all has it done where has it been what has it seen now of course that's that's um that's uh what's the word i'm looking for i'm putting like human attributes to a knife it's uh anthrop 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 uh anthropomorphic anthrop, anthropomorph- anthrop- anthropomorph- <laughs> dang it's a tongue twister Anthro so an anthropy Anthropology is like human stuff. You study humanity. Anthropomorphizing. I think it's the word. Anthropomorphizing? Anthropomorphizing. It doesn't sound right. (laughs) Oh, gosh. Anthropomorphizing. Damn it. Oh, well, whatever. If you know the word, let me know. But putting human attributes to it. So that this knife could talk like it looks like it would tell a story. So on one side is this broken arrow and all these burns and scuffs and stuff like that. On the other side, it's equally worn down and burned, has these notches, but also has these three little lines. I don't know why, but I just really wanted to put those little bands on it. I put these three lines that go halfway around the handle. It looks really cool. I watched Dances of Wolves a uh, week before last, which is a, an amazing movie and of course there's native americans in it and i've always been fascinated with with the native american story and just the beauty the beauty of that culture and that heritage and just all the all that they've been through the struggles and challenges um but just the beauty of them and there's something like about these bands on this knife that remind me of that because it looks like the lines that an indian would put on their their arrow shaft or on their uh their battle dress, also just the number three, of a number of perfection, completion, you know, a religious number, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And then um, this only goes halfway around the handle, but if you look at it from one side, it looks like it goes the whole way around. So just a circle, which is a, uh, another symbol of, uh, of perfection, of, of ongoing, of infinity. You know, so God, so these three bands, kind of symbolic of God, God's presence in our broken life. Ain't that cool? Knives. Who would have thought that I would have talked for however long this has been now, fifteen minutes on a bunch of stupid knives. But knives. There you go. I was, I was doing a little bit of you know ajkotajis, and the Lord spoke to me through it. So there's your there's your little you know example of the day. Do what you're doing. And tr and, and, and just trust that the Lord will find you there. That's what it's all about. So this reminds me of, you know, telling the story of this stuff and one knife looks perfect, no problems, and the other one looks like pretty beat up. But it makes it look more beautiful. Actually even the metal of it. So whenever I finished doing the handle, it was all scuffed up and beat and burned and everything. Cause I wanted to look like that. But the metal on it was too polished. And so what I did was took a bunch of sandpaper and abrasives and just started scratching all over the metal just so it looks like it's been in the back of a pickup truck for 20 years. Like it looks beat up and scratched. And it looks cool. It's perfect for the handle. The other one's really polished, clean, and neat. And the other one, this one I'm talking about, the Broken Arrow, three bands, is um just so beautiful, so what I was going to say is that reminded me that reminded me of a uh the readings from mass from a few weeks ago actually came from Genesis Where I put my Bible Oh, there it is. so I'm just going to share those with y'all. This is really a beautiful word from um Genesis seventeen. And um, 18, Genesis 17 and 18. So this is um, Abraham and Sarah. So at this point, it's whenever their name changes from Abram to Abraham and Sarai to Sarah. It's in these moments that the Lord makes his his covenant with them and promises him descendants more numerous than the stars. Anytime we encounter the Lord, there's a subsequent mission. So... Never forget that. So often we pray for God to come into our life and be with us, but we don't want the responsibility associated with that. You cannot separate the two. Anytime we have an encounter with God, it there's a necessary requirement for us to do something. There's a mission, and a mission associated with every encounter that we have with God. So Abraham and Sarah had these encounters with God. So this is whenever God comes to Abraham and Sarah and tells them they're going to have a kid. This beginning of Genesis 17 says, Abram was 99 years old, and the Lord appeared to him. Then we fast forward just a few verses. um, And the Lord says, As for Sarai, your wife, you shall not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name. I will bless her, and moreover, I will give you a son by her. I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations. Kings of peoples shall come from her. And what does Abram do? Abraham falls on his face, says, Genesis 17, 17. Then Abraham fell on his face and laughed and said, Shall a child be born to a man who is a 100 years old? Shall Sarah, who is 90 years old, bear a child? So Abram was 99. God says, hey, dude, buddy, your wife's going to have a kid. You're going to be a dad. Felicidades. Congratulations, home dog. And Abraham laughs. Fast forward to chapter 18. Same thing happens with, same thing again. The Lord repeats his promise. Um, and the Lord says to Abraham, where is Sarah, your wife? This is chapter 18, verse 9 of Genesis. And Abraham said, she is in the tent. And the Lord said, I will surely return to you in the spring and Sarah your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening at the door of the tent behind him. And Abraham and Sarah were old advanced in age we just heard they were 90 and 99. It had ceased to be with Sarah after the manner of women so what that means is like she like went she done been through menopause is what it means she ain't having no babies like humanly speaking. And what happens? So God says that to Abraham. Sarah overhears her. And then Sarah laughed to herself, saying, After I have grown old and my husband is old, shall I have pleasure? Meaning like, can we even do it? Like, is this going to happen? And the Lord says, Why did you laugh? Why did you laugh? The Lord said that to both Abraham and Sarah. Why do I share that story? First of all, it's kind of funny. So often God tells us stuff and it makes us laugh, but um, (laughs) there's that joke. I don't remember exactly how it goes, but basically if you want to make God laugh, tell him your plans. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Um, But what happened was they were some old codgers. (laughs) That's what they were. Abraham was 99 and Sarah was 90. Imagine that. A 90 and 99-year-old couple. Getting pregos, you know, having a baby. So they both laughed. They both laughed. Now what was the deal? Um they both said, like, don't you know how old we are? Abraham laughed and said, Don't you know I'm a hundred years old? And Abraham and, and then Sarah laughed and said, How's an old woman beyond her age gonna have a kid? Like she's like, I'm already past my time. How am I gonna do it? What was the problem? The problem was not that God forgot how old they are. See, Abraham and Sarah thought that, like, God maybe possibly forgot that they were 100 years old and 90 years old. That's what they thought. But the problem wasn't that they forgot how how old they were. Like, God didn't forget how old they were. What happened is that they forgot who God was. They forgot who God is. And that, brothers and sisters, that's what happens in our life. When the shit hits the fan, we, we, we can't make sense of it. And we laugh at God and we get mad at God. I don't laugh at God as much as I get mad at God. I can get really ticked off at God. I'll be honest with you. Hope you're not scandalized. If you are, sorry, but I'm human. I'm a very broken human. And a very human human. <laughs> and by golly, I get mad whenever my plans don't happen. And also get mad whenever God reveals himself to me, and I think I'm doing what he wants, and things don't go as I think they were supposed to happen. So, the problem is not that God forgets about us. The problem is that we forget about God. The problem is that it's not that God doesn't see what's going on. The problem is that we don't see things from God's perspective. The problem was not that God forgot how old Abraham and Sarah were. The problem was that Abraham and Sarah forgot that God is God. Isn't that cool? That's amazing. If I could just remember that, if I could just remember that simple fact, my life would be zero stress, zero worry, zero concern, zero anxiety. It'd be all right. But my little pea brain forgets every damn thing within a split second. I'm so worried about all these other things in the world. Except for the main thing, the Lord. Ain't we just crazy people, y'all? We're so crazy. (laughs) Oh, man. But yeah, Abraham and Sarah. I bet they had the blues like that right there. They had the blues. I can't sing, but... um, Yeah, so Knives and Abraham and Sarah and God. I guess that's what I want to share with y'all today. A bunch of other things. I got a list of stuff to talk about. I may or may not get to it. If I do, great. If not, great. <laughs> I'll still keep living, and I want you to keep living too. But I just want to share these stories... I've been making knives, and they've been super fun. The one, the first one I did that I was super proud of, I'm kind of like already bored with because it, it's not working the way I want it to. The other two that I did, one started out so beautiful, and it still is very beautiful, but it's almost too perfect. And the one that was real trashy from the beginning and like boring and blah, ended up being the one that I really liked the most. Like I leaned in to the problems and imperfections of it. That's another talk I need to do that I've, I've been reflecting on for the last six months. Leaning into the, to the chaos, leaning into the problems of life because it's there that you find God. And this knife, a silly old stupid knife, reminded me of that beautiful theological reality to lean into the, to the madness of life because it's there that we find God. It's the cross of Good Friday that we pick up and carry so that we can celebrate Easter Sunday. Leaning into the chaos is what gives us, you know, God's grace. You know, when we are weak, it's then we are strong because it's Christ who, it's no longer us who lives, but Christ who lives in us. And this little life, it just looks cool. It looks like something out of Dances with wolves <laughs> to reference that movie again. It's just so freaking daggone cool, man. I really like his knife. And it's pretty daggone sharp too. Um so anyhow. All right. Love y'all. Have fun with life. Enjoy it. Jump in. Be all in. Don't half ass it. Just enjoy it. Enjoy life, y'all. Um, God bless and Who knows next time I'll be on. Maybe next week, maybe next month, maybe next year. But until then, know that God loves you. Know that he's got a plan and it's going to work out, even if it don't make sense. But you got to lean into the chaos and craziness of life because that's where you're going to find God. And how do you do that? You do that by doing whatever you're doing with everything you got. And St. Ignatius, who's actually today's, July 31st, today is his feast day. So, he would say, Ijo <laughs> So, home dogs and home girls, home dogs and, yeah, you'd be home dogs. Home dudes and home home dudettes. All right, y'all. Um, keep it real. Hang in there and get after it. Ijo